Hallelujah. 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 Glory God. Hallelujah. 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 Glory God. Hallelujah. God is such a good God. He alone is worthy. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many really know? This is the thing that you got to know. Do you really know his goodness is running after you? Because sometimes we act like God ain't good. Let's just be honest. In our time of trouble, we forget about his goodness. We forget about his mercy. We forget about his loving kindness. We just totally forget who he is. And it's time for us to start digging into the word of God and becoming more acquainted with his goodness. So we can, without the song, know that his goodness is still running. We need to have it already in us. So when someone began to sing about it, we don't have to try to get somebody to jumpstart us. Because we already jumping. And then when they set the fire to it. Y'all, it's so awesome. It's so awesome. God put this song in my spirit this morning. And I know it's for someone. He's turning it around. He's turning it around. Amen. So what the enemy meant for harm. God has already. Before it was meant for your harm. God already knew what was going to happen. God said, I just want you to see the final outcome that I have turned it around for your good. Amen. Hallelujah. Sometimes discouraged, but not defeated. Cast down, but not destroyed. Don't understand, but I believe it's turning around for me. I've had struggles and disappointment. There times I felt so alone. Some of my Let me down, but I still believe it's turning around for me, around for me, around for me, around for me. 
just say it into the atmosphere. Around for me. <laughs> around for me. It's turning around. It's turning around for me. Because I can see the breaking. I can see the breaking of day. God is. God is If I stay strong, if I stay strong and believe, there's no reason, there's no to, doubt. reason to doubt. I know He's working in Oh, He's working in us. And it's turning around. It's turning around for me. This is the good news. And it won't always be like this. Concerning me, and sooner or later, it'll turn in my favor. Sooner or later, turn in my favor. It's turning around.
y'all because he's our father it may not be the same for everybody but God has a way of working things out beyond our comprehension beyond our understanding because he is God he is Elohim he know how things should be created he know how things should be he's beyond us so we have to trust him in times like this We have to truly trust God. And I believe some of us say, I trust him. Some of us do say that. But are you trusting him enough to stand on his word outside of what man say? That's trusting God. Even when it don't appear to be. We say we trust him, y'all. But the ones who truly trust him don't move outside of what man say. They only stand on what God says. They're not moved. And see, I knew when God say do something, we do it. When we play a song that God tell us to play, it's changing some things. See, you never know who need that. You can never say, well, why why are we playing that up in here? I I heard that before. But God knows what he's doing, even through song. So we have to be able to hear him and just do what he tell us to do because he knows what's best. So, Father God, we thank you on today that you are our father. And God, we honor you on this day. God, we honor you every day. 
because you are high and you are lifted up. God, you are above everything. You are to be exalted. You El El Yon, God, you the most high God. So we just thank you for being our Lord, our Savior, our God. We thank you, God, for being Elohim, the creator. We thank you, God, for being El Shaddai, almighty, all-sufficient one. We just praise you, God. We honor you, God. And we honor your presence, God, because your presence is here in the room. So we just thank you for being here amongst us, God. We thank you, God, that you're here, God, not because of what we have done, but because of your son, Jesus Christ. And we thank you, God, for entering this room, God. We thank you, God, that you're in this room to set the captives free. We thank you, God, that you're in this room to heal, deliver. We thank you, God, that being that you're in this room, there's peace in this room. So I say, peace, be still in Jesus' name. God, we give you glory. We give you honor. Thank you, God, for being who you are unto us. And God, I thank you, God, for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I thank you for releasing the power of God as the word go forth on today. I thank you for being our teacher, our helper, our standby, our advocate. I thank you, Holy Spirit. I thank you for giving illumination, for giving light unto the word that it penetrates our very beings on today. And God, as I open my mouth, it comes out like fire and it devours everything going on around us. It comes out like a hammer breaking the rocks into pieces. It comes out like a two-edged sword. Your word is a lamp under our feet and a light unto our path. The entrance of your word gives us light and it gives us understanding, God. So I thank you on today, God, that I have been, not going to be, but I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And I give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise on today. And God, I come against the spirit of witchcraft that's hoovering over this place. In the name of Jesus, that will bring manipulation, that will bring intimidation, that will bring, Father God, everything that's not of you, that will bring rebellion, that will bring stubbornness. I bind witchcraft right now. In the name of Jesus. God, I cancel it at the root. In Jesus' name. And God, we just say thank you for what's already done. Not what's going to get done. But we thank you right now that it's already done. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to continue our teaching on how well do you know God? And God is allowing this teaching to keep going in this place because sometimes we think we know him. But we find out we don't. So God want to keep us into remembrance of knowing him. Amen. Amen. Last week we talked about, well, let me go into this week. Go with me to St. John, the eighth chapter. And I'm going to begin at verse 31 and I'm going to end at verse 32. St. John, the eighth chapter, verse 31 through 32. 
And I know some of us are familiar with this passage of scripture. And the word of God now reads. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Let me read it again. Then said Jesus to those Jews. So he's talking to those Jews because it was some Jews that didn't believe. Which believed on him. If you continue in my word. Then you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. You may be seated. God is bringing back in this house again. How well do you know him? And when you know him, you know truth. When you become acquainted with him, to know means to have an intimate relationship with him, meaning to become acquainted with him. So when you know him, you are going to know truth. But I'm going to back up to this verse here when Jesus was talking to those Jews who believed in him. And he's not only talking to them, he's talking to us. And he said, if you continue in my word, See, some of us are not continuing in the word. That's the problem. Continue means to abide. It means to remain. That's just like in a home. You abiding in that home. You remaining in that home. People know where to find you at, not unless we're hiding. We abide and we remain in that home. That's our address. That's where when we call 911, they ask what your address is. They know where to come pick you up at, the cops, whoever. They know where to find you at because you have a place that you are abiding, that you are remaining, and they know they can find you in that place. So the Bible say, if you continue in my word, continue mean that you abiding, you remaining there. You're not coming out from, y'all got to get this. You're not coming out from under this word. You abiding in it. You remaining in it. You're standing in it. No matter what nobody else do, that's where you at home at. That's how you live according to the word. If you are born again, you're born again because you accepted the word. The word is Jesus. You believed on the risen savior. You believed on his death, his burial, and his resurrection. So you accepted the word in your life, but just because you accepted him in your life don't mean you're abiding in him. And you're remaining in him. Some of us just get saved and we just say we save and we go on about our business. But people know when you're abiding and you're living in him because your lifestyle line up with him. You don't do nothing outside of his word. And even when you do something outside of his word, the Holy Spirit checks you because the Holy Spirit testifies according to the word. The Holy Spirit is not going to go outside the word of God. So if you abiding and you remaining in him, that means that you're not leaving out of the word. That means every time you go in there, you opening your heart up to what the word has to say. Because he's in you and you're in him. That's why he said, if you abide in me and my word abide in you. See, we're missing it. Some of y'all are asking him, but you ain't abiding in him 
and in his word. He said, if you abide in me and my word abide in you, then you can ask what you will and it shall be given unto you. Given, done unto you. This is what he's saying. Some of us, we go to God, but we really ain't abiding in that word. We're not really abiding in him. We're putting other things before him. Whatever you abide in is that's what you're going to begin to believe in. Because faith come by hearing and hearing come by the word of God. So when the word of God came on the scene, Jesus began to proclaim the word of life. And as he began to proclaim the word of life, he began to have those that was coming unto him. So they began to continue, abide with him. And then he said, these are my disciples. These are my followers, the ones that's continuing in my word. They ain't allowing the Pharisees or the Sadducees. They ain't allowing the government. They ain't allowing nobody to take you from what you believe. Let me read it again. Let me read out the expanded. So Jesus said to the Jews who believe in him, if you continue to obey my teaching, which is my word, remain abiding my word. You are truly my followers, my disciples. People are going to know who you are by who you follow. People are going to know who you are by who you follow. If we're following the word, they know, oh, you must be a Christian. The world know who are Christians. Because if you abiding in his word and this word is abiding in you, you abiding in him, you abiding in his word, then people know who you following. They know that you are a follower, a disciple of Jesus Christ. Because you're doing something that they don't do. Let me say it again. You're doing something that they don't do. You're following his commands outside of what somebody promises you. I ain't even got to the next verse. Because you got to get the first part. And this is what Jesus was saying. When you look above 31, I love this. In verse um, 29, listen at what Jesus said. And he that sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. Listen what Jesus said. He had all this opposition coming up against him. He didn't worry about what people thought, what people were saying. He said, I'm only coming to do the will of my Father. I'm only coming to do the will of the one that sent me. It ain't about me. It's about him. It's about his word. So whether you like it or not, that's what I'm going to do. Come on, y'all. We're supposed to be bold as lions. Some of us have lost our boldness to people. Where people please us. Whatever family do, I'm going to do to keep my family. You in the family of God now. The Bible tells you. Father and son going to be against each other. Mother and daughter going to be against. The whole household is going to be in a mess. Because when you got Jesus in a house. That house ain't going to go for any and everything because they are abiding in him and in his word. So there's going to be some stuff going on in that house. Hmm. Ask your neighbor from a distance, who are you pleasing? 
going to feel alone in your own house. Some people say, I'm by myself. No, I know you ain't. No, you ain't. You may be single and you may be the only body in the house, but the devil got something in there. Because he can use your thoughts to fight up against you. And you warring even with your thoughts right by yourself. You don't have to have a wife there or a husband there. You fighting with yourself, with flesh. But if the word is in you, if the word is abiding in you, the fight is over. The victory has been won. Get out of my house. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Let's read the verse again. He's talking to the ones. Listen what I'm saying. He's talking to you. He's talking to the ones today that believe on him. Those are the ones he's talking to. Oh, he go offense right now. Are you trying to say I ain't saved? You trying to say I don't believe it? I'm just telling you what the word said. The word said Jesus spoke to those who believed on him. He was talking to the Jews. Who am I speaking to? The ones that believe on him. And if you believe on him, it ain't no offense taken. I bind every religious spirit that's in the house every prideful spirit I bind you in the name of Jesus and I lose humility in Jesus name it ain't about you knowing the Bible from the front to the back it's about you knowing the Bible to live out what the Bible is saying if you continue miracle temple if we continue abide remain in his word The Bible said, then we are his disciples indeed. Nobody should be able to tell you any different. You know you are a follower of Jesus Christ when you don't accept any and everything that everybody else is accepting because it looked like it's right. Everything that looks like it's right ain't right. Everything that's good ain't good. We we talk to people and We'll say, oh, they're just so good. They'll give you anything and everything. They sure will. <laughs> Next verse. So the first thing we got to do is remain, abide. We got to live there. That's our permanent residence is the word. Then the next verse says, and you shall. This is a promise. Know the truth. That means becoming acquainted with. That means perceiving, understanding, becoming acquainted with the truth. And the truth shall make you free. If you have not become acquainted with the truth. Now, don't get me wrong. When you get born again, you're already free. You're no longer in bondage. But you don't know how free you are until you know the truth. You can live in bondage until you know the truth, even though you've been set free. Guess what, y'all? Everybody in this room has been already delivered, even though you're acting like you haven't. The reason why you act like you haven't been delivered is because you don't know you've been delivered, because you don't know the truth, and you ain't free from whatever is attacking you, because you don't know. You ain't in the Word long enough to know. You're trying to find freedom in a psychiatrist. You're trying to find freedom in a man. Uh-oh, they're going to fence just because I said psychiatrist. I ain't calling nobody crazy. I'm just saying this is where people find freedom at. They find 
find freedom in a man, a woman, a psychiatrist, a doctor, a lawyer. We try to find freedom in these people. You got to know you're free before you go to these people. And when you know you're free, you ain't going to need these people like you're depending on them. That's why we have them. Because we don't know yet. Come on, somebody. Come on, I'll give you an example. If you got a lot of bills in your house, you know you're in debt. But you don't have to be. But you know you're in debt. That's something that you know, I'm in debt. But once you come to know that he has freed you from debt, then you ain't going to let debt overwhelm you anymore. You're going to get debt out of your house because you're going to use the word of God, his way of bringing you out of debt. And you ain't going to allow yourself to get back in debt because you don't have to be in debt. Yes, you have a light bill, a water bill. Yes, you have all of these things. Some of us have house payments. Some of us don't. But once we pay off a house, we don't want it to be a debt. How much truth you know now? Come on, we said we know, don't we? Yeah, we said we know. But he said until you become acquainted with truth, Jesus is truth. Until we come so acquainted with truth, then that's when we're going to know we're free. That's when you're going to know the truth and you're going to know that you're free. Some of us are finding freedom in other things, y'all. We're waiting on people to free us. This is, this is my problem. Y'all come on. When you know your identity in Christ, nobody can make you a slave to nothing. How much truth do we really know? If somebody called you out of your name, and some of us have been called out of our names, I don't have to accept what you're calling me because I know who I am because I know truth. Call me what you want to call me. It's not going to change my identity. Some of us don't know our true identity. We don't know. Because if you knew, you'll study to be quiet. You don't even have to answer that. That's stupid. Uh Uh-uh. I ain't got time for that. That don't change who I am. The blood saved me. That blood that was shed on the cross gave me a new identity. But I had to accept what Jesus done to get that identity. Just like when I married my husband, my last name changed. Even though I know what my maiden name is, they go on my last name, my married name. So whatever those brides done, they put me in the midst of those brides. But as long as I know my identity, I don't worry about what they done. I know who I am. People say, you better know who you marry. I'm married to Jesus Christ. That's my first love. Didn't know it, but now I know. See, so many people are so infatuated with a man and with a woman. Come on, we get infatuated. God gave us them type of feelings. But the word will put them under subjection quick, fast, and in a hurry. Because the more you in the word of God, the more you flee from that stuff. The more you say, oh, no, 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 no. That's not who I am. Back up off of me. I, I met the truth. And nothing is going to get in the way of what I know. Who do you take me to be? 
My guns are loaded. Then you begin to shoot off the word of God. Then it be quick and it be like this in the atmosphere. And either it's going to drum or it's going to drive them. Have you tried it? You better know what you're getting before you get it. Hmm. So when we continue and remain and abide in the truth, we're his disciples and we're made free indeed. Amen. We got that first part, right? We're still talking about knowing him. And check this out. The more you know him, the more ridicule you're going to have, the more opposition you're going to have, the more persecution you're going to have, the more you're going to be hated by men of the world. You're going to be hated by them. And some of y'all still can't get over people don't like you. They don't like me. I ain't doing nothing to do. You ain't in the word. You sure ain't been abiding and remaining there because you crying over them not liking you. It's been years and they still don't like you and you still whimpering because they don't like you. You been in the word. I ain't been in there like I need to. I, I just get in there when I have to. That's your problem. Now they don't like you. Now you're ready to say, may the Lord watch. Between me and thee, why they absent? One from another. The only time the majority of us get in the word is when something come up. Let's tell the truth and shame the devil. When something uh, come up, we try to go out and find the best translation we can find. Well, we can understand what the word is saying. Now we're ready to get serious and acquainted with God. Now we're ready to shut everything out of the house. Now we're ready not to take phone calls. Now we're ready to really get serious with God and cry a little bit. And snot all over the place and holler like we had an experience with God. Because we got an issue. If we get into the word before the issue come, we don't have to be down there that long. We just begin to rise up and begin to praise him for what he's already done. Some tears may come, but God, I'm praising you because I've been continuing in your word. I know the trap. You trying to get me off course. The word tell me because I have continued in the word that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. I can't be double-minded today. Ask your neighbor, say, are you there yet? Or saying, I'm not there, but I'm going to arrive. Let's just be honest. Because we're in and out the word like we're in and out a grocery store. When we need something. Y'all know what I'm talking about, Apostle. We go in the grocery store when we need something. If that grocery store don't have it, I got another one. I got a backup. I'm going, y'all, if Piggly Wiggly don't have it, something wrong. Come on, somebody. If Piggly Wiggly don't have it, big as Walmart is, it cannot compete with Piggly Wiggly. Tell the truth. Walmart don't have some of my ragu sauces I need. But I go to Piggly Wiggly and they may be out of date. Check them dates. 
it out. You are out of date. Come here, come here. You might want to restart this one. Because I'm going to need it. And it's out of date. Y'all come on, somebody. We go shopping to... Come on, y'all. How many of us shop around until we find apostle? What we looking for? Ooh, ooh, I got something to tell you. When I go in this word, I can find everything I need, nothing missing, nothing broken. But I got to search out some land to find it. And once I find it, y'all, do y'all use highlighters? You take your little highlighter. And you highlight that thing because you're saying, I done been there, but I'm going to have to come back. Now, I done read it, but I do need to do more and read it. I got to meditate on it. I got to study it out. And as I meditate, as I study it out, see, studying divides it. Just because every scripture you come to say the same thing don't mean it mean the same thing. So you got to read the whole thing to find out what Paul is saying. Just like they say women shouldn't preach. Ignorant gone to see. That ain't what Paul was saying. When he was saying women need to be silent in the church. Why was he saying it? Because the men were the ones being taught going to the synagogues. The women were staying home. So when they would come together, the woman would holler out and say, Hey, what are you doing? Paul said you need to hush while you in. Search it out. I see that emoji shaking my head. Y'all ain't the word good. It's so good. It's just so good. When you get in there, you can dig some stuff out. You can read it several times. It is not the same way you read it the first time. God began to give you more and more and more and more and more. And the more he gives you, you like... I didn't know that. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Because he can show you more and more. I ain't trying to get it the way Brother Shaw get it. I'm only trying to get it the way he want to give it to me. I ain't trying to get it like these big scholars are trying to get it. I ain't trying to get it like Perry Stone, yo. I ain't Perry Stone. I just want what God got for me. I ain't trying to say it like T.G. Jake said. No. That's the way God got T.D. Jake bringing it. We need to cut all this mimicking the gospel out. See, that's the ones that don't really know the truth because they got to mimic somebody else to stir you up. And if you in the flesh, you stirred up by flesh, not by spirit. Because you're mimicking too many people. Even in song, you know y'all can't sing like Tasha Cobb. The girl get high. Because that's where she is. So when you listen to the song, you can't play a Tasha. You listening to the words to get them in you. So when they come out of you. I can't hear that note like Tasha. Ain't nobody asked you to. That's Tasha's note. That's Hill song note. But I want to hear the note God gave you. Because it may surpass the ones that sung it before you. 
Because that might be flesh singing and not spirit. You got to get out of the flesh to hear who's singing. Hmm. Let's move on. Something to think about, isn't it? Go with me to Jeremiah, the 20th chapter. We're talking about knowing the truth and I want to talk about Jeremiah because y'all know God called Jeremiah at a, a young age. He called him to be a prophet to the nation. And in Jeremiah 20, this was when Jeremiah was proclaiming the word of the Lord. He was prophesying to them the things that God was giving unto him. He was a prophet. So whatever God gave Jeremiah, Jeremiah would give unto the people. But see, the problem with this situation was Jeremiah would give them the word of the Lord way before it happened. So just because it didn't happen right then, they were mocking Jeremiah. They were ridiculing Jeremiah. They was making him look like, you don't know what you're talking about, Jeremiah. Because God would let them know beforehand, this is what you need to be doing. Because if you don't do this, this is what's going to happen. So see, what was happening was God was telling his people, you need to quit all of this idolatry. You need to quit doing what these other nations do. Because if you don't, I'm going to turn you over to the Babylonians. That was what God said. So God kept bringing it. He kept bringing it and bringing it. How many times did God have to bring you something before you take heed? Some of us live so comfortably that when God sent a word, you look around and you say, ain't nothing going on, so I'm okay. Just like God brought a word in here several years ago, over and over and over again, something is going to hit the land. There's not going to be medicine, there's not going to be a doctor that can cure it. He kept bringing it, he kept bringing it, and he kept bringing it. And everybody was just like, what could hit the land that my doctor can't give me medication for? I got a doctor who can. They got specialists who can handle any and everything. Guess what? COVID-19 come upon the land and even scientists. Come on. This is what God was doing with Jeremiah. God was giving it to Jeremiah to prepare his people. God is not going to let nothing come upon you. Unless he prepare you first. How did God prepare you miracle temple? Get in the word. Get in the word. So Jeremiah was giving them a word from the Lord. Guess what? When he was giving them the word, the the priest now, the priest, he took and smote Jeremiah. Now they're supposed to be working together, apostle. But he come against Jeremiah. They put him in prison. Because he was speaking truth, y'all. But even while he was in prison, Jeremiah told them the same word. The Babylonians Babylonians are going to come in. They're going to come in. They're going to overtake you. They're going to take you to Babylon. He still told them. But even in the midst of that, let me tell you how Jeremiah really knew the truth and was free even though he was in prison. Did you know you can be in prison and still be free? Even behind bars, you can still be free because you know the truth. Jeremiah said this. He began to talk to the Lord. See, we can speak God's word and we can tell people what the word of God is saying. And then people will come at you. 
They will lie on you. They will put you down. They will act like you don't know what you're talking about. They're going to tell people, don't hear that. They don't know what they're talking about. But Jeremiah, this is what he said in this verse. He said in verse 7, O Lord, thou hast deceived me, and I was deceived. Thou art stronger than I, and hast prevailed. I'm in derision daily. Everyone mocked me. Meaning he's being ridiculed. He's being laughed at. Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones. And I was weary with forbearing and I could not stay. So listen at this. Jeremiah said, even though I did not want to speak your word. He said, the word was so much in me. The truth was so much in me. It began to burn me up. I couldn't let it stay there. Even in prison, even being mocked, even being persecuted. I had to let go of what God wanted me to do. He was in prison, y'all. He was being mocked. He was being talked about. He was being ridiculed. But Jeremiah still spoke the word. He couldn't keep down what was burning on the inside of him. It was like a fire shut up in his bones. It was truth right there that he knew that he become acquainted with. He couldn't just leave it there. He was letting God know, you chose me for this. This is not what I wanted. But now I can't even keep my mouth shut because of your word. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Do we have any good gossipers up in here? If you're a good gossiper, people tell you to shut up. You shut up for a second, but it's coming back up. It's burning you up to tell about that affair. It's burning you up to tell about what the boss should have, could have, would have done. It's burning you up. I ain't going to say nothing. I ain't going to say nothing. But I'm just going to tell you this. This is just a little bit. This is why I say, when you know the truth, when you have become so acquainted with the truth, there's no way you can let your brother or sister fall and watch them fall when you... There is no way that you can see your brother and sister in wrong and you got to go pray over it and they get ready to fall in a ditch. You don't know truth. Truth will go to your brother and sister in love. Don't say, tell me not to say nothing. I hear you, but I done heard God. And I'd rather obey God than man. How you like me now? I love my husband. But if God gave me a word, then I might put him on an altar. Because I'm not going against God. See, that's how God know when you really know truth. Because when you know truth, it's going to upset your house. Truth is going to upset your house. It's going to have it turning it upside down. So the more you submit to God, that's how much truth you know. So Jeremiah was submitting unto God, y'all. 
Jeremiah began to tell them, this is what's going to happen to you. And then it got even better and better. Guess what? They end up going into captivity. The very ones that was trying to shut Jeremiah up. This ain't going to happen and that ain't going to happen. They end up going into captivity and then God, God is so good. Even being captive. Go to Jeremiah 29. Listen what God told him in Jeremiah 29. Verse 4. Thus said the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, unto all that are carried away captives. Was they carried away? Whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem unto Babylon. Build you houses, dwell in them. Plant gardens and eat the fruit of them. Take you wives and begot sons and daughters and take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands that they may bear sons and daughters that you may be increased there and not diminished. And seek the peace of the city whether I have caused you to be carried away captive and pray unto the Lord for it for in the peace thereof shall you have peace. Look at what the Lord said. Settle in the place. Because I told you where you were going. But guess what he said? He said, even in that place, I'm going to be with you. He said, everything that you do is still going to prosper. He said, but you're going to be in that place. Because this is the place that you chose. See, this is what we do. We blame it on God when something happened in our lives. God already told you what was going to happen if you do it. So you chose to do it. So now you're going to go through the consequences because you didn't hearken unto God. You hearken unto flesh. So they were held in what? Captivity because of what they done. Let's quit blaming God, y'all. We have to, see, we honor, when we honor God's word, we honor him. When you're outside of the will of God, everything is coming in your house. Quit trying to justify what's in your house. When you in, when you living in sin and doing sinful things, the door is wide open for the devil to do whatever he want to do. We have to make sure doors are closed. And the only way we can do that is through knowing the truth. And that's when we're free. That's when the devil don't have access. When we know what we already have in him. So I just want to show you Jeremiah. Did he not know truth? How did you know he knew truth? Because he stood for what was right. Even though his uh, people was coming against him. Jeremiah didn't choose Anything else except what God said. What are you choosing over God? You got to know what truth is saying and that's what you choose. God is not going to take away our free choice. But he wants us to choose life all the time. We got to understand. He said there's blessings, there's curses, there's life and there's death. He said, but I want you to choose life. What is life? His word is life. Whatever his word says is life. And we have to go by his word, whether we like it or not. Now I'm going somewhere. Go with me to Daniel. The first chapter. We're still talking about knowing truth, y'all. Now these are the ones that was captive. They were in Babylon. Daniel was one. And, you know, they changed their name, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But all of them was captive. And I'm going to verse 3. Well, I'm going to begin at verse 4. So the king had captured captive all of these people, but this is what he did. He said, this is what I want you to do. 
Bring certain of the children of Israel, of the king's seed and of the princesses. Children at home was no blemish, but well-favored, skilled in all wisdom, cunning in knowledge and understanding, science and such as have ability in them to stand in the king's palace and home that might reach the learning. They might teach the learning in the tongue of the Chaldeans. I'm trying to read fast. What he did was, he said, out of all of them that was held captive, I want the ones that are skilled, the ones that have knowledge. I want the young children. I want the youngsters. Understand this. The devil is after young folk. Because when you get older, it's hard for you to comprehend like you should. Y'all didn't know? Tell me somebody. Who in here can do kindergarten work now? Let's be honest. Even the kindergartners have a way of doing that we don't know nothing about now. It's beyond us. I remember it was someone, um, they had called me. They said, Aunt Amanda, um, I'm having problems with something where they had somebody else to call me. Can you help me with it? I said, no, child. I ain't going to sit there and lie. I can't help you, but I tell you what, let me call my daughter. I believe my daughter can, but I ain't going to sit here and tell you I can help you with that. No, that's just out of my lead. Even if I ask the Holy Spirit, I got to go do some little research to try to see what the words are and then help me, Holy Spirit. Anyway, so they called my daughter. It wasn't 10, 15 minutes later. It was already done. Now, if I had to sit there in pride and been sneaky about it, I would have called my daughter and had her to figure it out and say, here, baby, this is how you work it. So I went, look, some of y'all done done it. Mm-hmm. So they wanted the young ones that were skilled because a younger person can really comprehend more than an older person. It takes more for an older person to compute. Some people say, well, I'll say this. Now, old folk can count some money. You hear me? They can keep up with that money. I don't know about that English or science. They can keep up with money and history. Money and history. They can keep up with money and history. They don't forget the money and the history. Now, if I want a history class, I go to my daddy. If I want to know about money, I'm going to go to that man right there. He's full of wisdom. But what I'm saying is younger people keep stuff, attain stuff better than we would. It's just known. So he wanted the younger ones. And he wanted them to be taught. Y'all check this out. This is where I'm going. Why do I say, how well do you know him? Why am I saying today that you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free? But you have to continue and abide in it. Why? Because we're in a time now. And we've been in that time. That you're in the world, but you're not of the world. You don't do what the world does. Now, Daniel and them come out of their way of doing they come out of their culture. They had a way of doing things, and it was God's way of doing. When they got held captive, they were in another world, another culture. So by staying in that culture, they had to know the truth. They had to know the truth. They had to know, y'all, I'm going somewhere. They had to know the truth because they were with these Babylonians, Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar. This is the first thing he said. I want them to be taught our tongue. 
I want them to be taught our knowledge. Yo, their knowledge was idolatry. Their knowledge was sorcery, divination. They said, I want them to be taught all, everything that we know, I want them to know. Give you an example. I ain't never seen nobody move to China and still speak in English. Go to China, speak English and see what happens. You got to learn their language. If you want to eat, if you want a place to sleep, you got to learn their language. But you don't have to do what they do when you know God. You know their culture and their way of doing, but if it's outside of what you believe, I knew. So this is what was happening with them. He said, I want you to teach them our way of doing, our way of living. This is what I want you to teach them. I want you to reprogram them because they're in our land now. I want to make sure that they're not acting like the same people they were when they came into our land. So they had to be retrained. And the first thing that they did, they said, and this is what I want to do. I want to give them some of my food to eat. Check this out. Every culture have a way of eating, don't they? Wherever you go, everybody have a way of eating. So they said, I want you to give them my food. He said, that's all I want them to have. Guess how long this had to go on? Three years. Three years they had to be taught their way of doing, their way of living. They had to be taught their way of eating. He said, I want them this way. So for three years, I want you to reprogram them. They wanted them to look like them. They wanted them to speak like them. See, your appearance and the way you speak is going to line up. They knew the appearance of their people. They knew their appearance by what they were eating. Y'all didn't know? People know what you've been eating by how you look. People laughing. People are laughing. It's the truth. I'll give you an example. Homosexuality is a sin. When did it stop being a sin? When they put it in law to say it wasn't and it still is. It still is a sin according to the word. It does not change. Laws do not change what the Bible says. Laws don't change what the Bible says. I'll give you, um, the reason why I'm giving you this example, someone that says they're born a girl, But they say that they are a boy. They should have been a boy. When they keep saying this and saying this and saying this, their appearance takes on a boy. Whatever you say is what you become. Your appearance will take on what you're saying. Because you're going to begin to look like what you're saying. How many have seen a prostitute? (laughs) Now, people look at prostitutes as a woman that stands on the corner with a short dress. Hello, somebody. Waiting on somebody to pick them up. But you have prostitutes in the house of God. And the dress don't have to be short. But when you know the truth, you can identify. Some men don't know the difference. They think the woman 
They wanted them to be reprogrammed according to their looks, their appearance, according to how they live. So he said, for three years, this is what I want. He assigned the eunuchs to do this. But guess what Daniel did? Hold up somebody. I pray that everybody got their Bible or got their iPhone with them or their iPad with them. Follow along in scripture because you need to hear this. Daniel 1, and we're going to look at verse 8. And this is what Daniel did. Check this out. It says, but Daniel determined, I'm reading now Amplified, in his heart that he would not defile himself by eating his portions of the king rich and dainty food or by drinking the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might be allowed not to defile himself. So he made up in his mind, in his heart. I refuse to defile myself with your food. Now, we know now that everything God created is good. That's why we bless it, right? But back then, God had set up laws for them to know the difference. That's why. He had to go by the law of God. So Daniel was not going to change. But guess what he did, y'all? This is way, the way we mess up sometimes. We're supposed to speak truth in love. Daniel didn't come up to that eunuch and say, I ain't eating nothing. I'm a holy man. I'm a God-fearing man. You don't tell me. That ain't what Daniel did. Some of us try to use who we are to put fear in people and think that they're going to step down to you. No, you being just like them. What you do, you come to them in humility. Because Daniel knew that unit had authority from that king and he had to honor who was in charge. So Daniel humbled himself before that eunuch and he purposed in his heart, first of all, I'm not going to do that because I'm going outside the law of God. This is what I'm telling you. How much of the word do you know? Do you know enough to say... Out of respect, I know you my authority, but I have a higher authority. And I cannot eat that, humbly. Let me tell you what happened. First of all, when you honor God, God's going to honor you. If you ain't honoring God, God is not going to honor you. He will not, because it's based on his word, y'all. So this is what Daniel did, and check this out. So that yielding in verse 9, it says, Now God made Daniel to find favor, compassion, and loving kindness with the chief of the eunuchs. Look what he did. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear lest my lord the king who has appointed your food and your drink to see your faces worse looking or more sad than other youths of your age. Then you would endanger my head with the king. Listen to what Daniel said. Then Daniel said to the steward whom, whom was the chief of the eunuchs that was set over Daniel Hananiah, Mishalah, and Azariah. Prove your servants, I beseech you, for ten days, and let us be given a vegetable diet and water to drink. Then let our appearance and the appearance of the youths who eat of the king's dainties be observed and compared by you, and deal with, with us, your servants, according to what you see. So look what Daniel did. 
Daniel knew God so well. Y'all check this. Any scripture you pull in this Bible that you believe, y'all get it? That you believe, that you're standing on, God's going to honor. Because he said, my word will not come back to me void. But it will go out and accomplish that what I please and a prosper in the thing that I have sent it to do. So guess what? God is going to honor his word. So Daniel set this before the eunuch. He gave them nothing but vegetables for 10 days. When he gave them the vegetables for 10 days. When you honor God first. When a man ways please the Lord, he would even make his enemies at peace with him. When a man ways please the Lord, he would even make his enemies at peace with him. So Daniel ways was pleasing God because he was honoring what God said. Guess what? He did it after 10 days. Daniel and them looked better. than the rest why because Daniel honored God in the beginning some of us do not honor God in the beginning but we still expect God to move God is not moving outside of his word God wants to know that you trust him from beginning to end that's what they did for three whole years the only thing they had to do was eat vegetables And guess what? After everything was over and they appeared before the king, the king looked at Daniel and him and he looked better than God is LL y'all. He's the most high God. He was above Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar set the diet. So he expected them to look a certain way. But when he looked at Daniel and him, he didn't see nothing but God's glory. Because when you're honoring God's word, the glory of God is going to be upon you and you're going to shine more than anybody in the room because you're putting him first, y'all. Do me a favor. Holler at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, Neighbor. wake up. up. Say it again. Say, neighbor, Neighbor. wake up. (laughs) See, the devil don't want you to get this word. Some of you right now got one out. And I'm looking at you. This is God's word going forth. We go to sleep on God's word. I know it's raining outside, but somebody need this word today. Because we're living right now in a time with this election going on. That y'all ain't seen nothing yet. You need this word. You got to stay in this word. Because people that don't have it that's in the world, they're doing things that they think that would help. And it's not. We have to have the word so we'll know what to do in these times, y'all. So we see what Daniel did. What did he do? He honored God. And guess what they did too? They even changed their names. They changed their names to some Babylonian names. That when they called their name, it reminded them of their gods. That's where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego come from. We're so used to calling those names. But when we call those names, it's representing the other gods. That's, what, that's not the names God had called them to be. That he had chosen them to be. So guess what, y'all? Our names have been changed along with our identity. Jesus changed our names. We couldn't do it. But he did it. Know who you married to. When things are going on in your life... 
You got to know who you belong to. You don't belong to government. You belong to God. Hear what I'm saying. You belong to God. And we supposed to honor God no matter what. And the more you honor God, I'm going to be honest with you. People going to hate you that are Christians. They're going to hate you. Because they feel like you didn't do the right thing. But as long as you know you're lining up with what the words say, that's who you please. The Bible say as when a man please God, when his ways please him, he'll make even his enemies at peace with him. And this is what I'm saying, y'all. You got to know the truth now. Some people just quoting the word, just quoting the word, just quoting the word, and their lifestyle is toe up. Toe up. Don't know when to shut up. Don't know when to be quiet. Carrying themselves all kind of ways. Mm, let me tell y'all this. When you know the word and you have fell in love with the word, you don't have to join no secret society. Any thing that's in secret that you can't share with your wife or share with nobody else in public is not of God. Jesus went out and he preached kingdom. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. The king, he preached kingdom of God. It wasn't no secret. He brought it out in the open. We got all of this secret stuff going on and people joining secret stuff trying to get big names and it's not about God. When you know the truth, that's what you're going to stand on is truth. Because you know the truth. See, when you, ca- when you carry in truth and you speak in truth, people that are around you that have been saturated in truth, their belly, their babies is going to begin to leap on the inside. Why? Because when Mary was carrying truth, when she was carrying the word of God, And she got in the presence of Elizabeth, which was carrying John the Baptist. When she opened her mouth and began to give a salutation, Elizabeth said, hold up. My baby is leaping in my womb for joy. As soon as he heard the salutation of my God. Come on, you got to have a connection. See, that's how you know when truth is being spoken. Because when I speak to people and they ain't speaking truth, I grieve on the inside. Because mm-hmm. I know that ain't the God I serve. I can't go for that. That's not God. It sound like God. It look like him. But that ain't the God I serve. Uh-uh, that's not where I've been. So many people think they know, but they don't know. You know why? Because whomever you associate with is what you become. Daniel then was in the midst of the Babylons. A Babylon. But guess what? When you read the book of Daniel, they knew that Daniel served another God because they tried to shut him down, apostle. They even went to the king on Daniel. If he do not quit praying to his God, couldn't find nothing. God had given Daniel such an excellent spirit, have given him so much knowledge that Daniel superseded everybody that was there. So Nebuchadnezzar made him above what was there. So they tried to shut him down. 
But even in shutting him down, Daniel still went in and opened his windows towards Jerusalem. And he began to pray just like he prayed before. And they began to come get him and say, oh, he's praying to his God. Now you got to throw him in the lion's den. Daniel went in there and went to sleep. When somebody throw us at the lions, we coming out fighting. You don't know who I am. I'm a child of God. You got to knock me down more than one time. I'm going to get back up. Daniel went to sleep. He didn't have to fight with them. He went to sleep. Ask your neighbor, who you fighting? What you fighting for? The only thing you're supposed to fight is a good fight of faith. The Bible said we don't fight against flesh and blood. And we're spending our time fighting against one another because this one did this and that one did that. They do the right thing. They got to live with what they done, not you. Daniel went to sleep. But guess who couldn't sleep? The one who put him in there. The king up. Praying for Daniel. Fasting for Daniel. He had to give up his precious meat. And then the next day, he's going to go to the lions and, oh, Daniel, Daniel, did your God save you? Yes, he shut the lion's mouth. And the ones that threw him in there, they got thrown in there and the lions tore him up. See, they thought, well, if Daniel was down there and he was all right, we can go down there and be all right too. See, that was hell. That's what that was. See, people that don't want to serve God, there's a place for them. And God didn't create that place for individuals, for us. He created it for Satan. And that's why we're supposed to go out and preach truth, y'all. In spite of all the opposition, in spite of people hating us. And the worst thing that hurts is when family hates you. The ones that live in your house hate you. The ones that reared you hate you. Because of your decisions, they don't want to have nothing to do with you. See you coming, shut the door on you because you're too holy. But it's okay. I ain't changing my testimony. I'm not changing my word because you hate me. We bowing down to people. We don't say nothing because we want to keep the peace. There ain't no peace in that. The kind of peace we have is a continual peace. That even in the midst of turmoil, we still speak in truth. Why? Because we love God. Because we want to obey what God is saying. So it's time for us, y'all, to be real. If you haven't been continuing in the truth, don't say nothing. But if you have been in the truth, you don't have to worry about what you're going to say. Because when you open your mouth, the Holy Ghost... He's going to do the speaking for you because you're so full of truth. And you're not going to say anything inappropriate because that's what you're full of. You're full of truth. So this is why, y'all, through my lifetime, I never understood. God, you know how you say, God, I ain't never done nobody wrong. God, I always been nice to people. I try to do right. And every time I turn around, somebody's lashing out at me. Y'all, I had to get over that. I had to really get over it. And some people probably think, she just don't care. It ain't that I don't care. I ain't even got time for that. I'm like this. If I told you once, and I told you twice, and I told you three times, and you done threw me under the bus with you, you on your own, baby. I'm not picking you up no more. 
Because if you've been a Christian for 20 years, it's time for you to grow up. It's time for you to get into the truth and know the truth for yourself. So if you ever see me back off off of you and don't bother to ask you to do nothing no more, that's why. Because you should know better by now. See, people want to grab on the people so they don't have to do what they need to do. I ain't taking no more punches. Because if I take them, I'm getting them on my own, not because of you. So it's time for people to grow up. But when I know it's something that I could help you do, I'm going to tell you. But after a while, when you think you know so much, I'm going to leave you to yourself and let you find out. That's what we're supposed to do. So this is what I'm saying, y'all. God has taught me so much over the years. Through the job. Through, you know, getting demoted and all of this and, and, the, and the lion's den with people. People talking about me. People ridiculing me. But God is still telling me to give. God is still telling me to love them. Even when they're throwing me to the lions, he's still telling me, you got to bless those who curse you. You got to love those who hate you. And don't forget to pray for those. They don't need no prayer. <laughs> they need to be knocked out. But guess what the funny part is? You knock them out, they're going to get back up and do the same thing. But put the word on. So this is what I begin to do, y'all. It's funny. You know how God told Jeremiah to tell them people, go ahead and settle in that land. Mm, mm. So I begin to settle, get my little cover hole by the toilet. They put me by a toilet, y'all. Put me by a toilet, apostle. Gave everybody, Jennifer, you know what I'm talking about. They did give me a petition. But every time somebody went to the toilet, I knew it. Y'all laughing. Y'all feel sorry for me. Don't feel sorry for me. God was molding me. He was shaping me. And to whom he wanted me to be. Put me in a to- by a toilet. And the ones that done me wrong, he gave offices to, Apostle. Check this out, Miss Mary. And I put them in position. But they put them in an the office. They come out the office and sit by the door. The office wasn't good enough. They looking outside where everybody working with their arms folded. See, and when the boss was coming, there was the outlook, doing no work. I'm still working. They're not working. But God humbled me. While they was looking out the door, I had on my teaching. I had my eyes on the prize, which was Jesus Christ. I kept doing my work, but guess what? They done no work, and it was getting behind. I done my work, got caught up, then took their work. So one day... Tell you how the favor of the Lord was upon me. One day a girl was asking for four days a week. She could afford those four days and, you know, one day off. So it got in my spirit. I want you to work four days and take a day. I said, huh? They done demoted me. My pay done went down and you want me to take a Friday off? Ask for a Friday. I went to my boss and I said, I need to. Have Fridays off. Just give me four days. It's still full time. He looked at me. He said, okay. So I was off every Friday. The girl was mad. 
how can she get four days off? And I ask you, favor? See, I was in a place that God was showing his hands. The more they put on me, the more God gave me favor. Because I humbled myself and I done what I needed to do. Refunds. Jennifer, you know, they weren't paying no refunds. Y'all, I was turning over refunds like crazy. Just turning them over. Just turning them over. Got them down. Remember the refunds. Then they gave me something else. I got a chance to walk over to the next nursing home and just talk a little bit sometime. Taking them stuff. Come back and take me a nap. Wake up, nigga, my boss looking at me. I say, yeah, I was asleep. I ain't lying. You know how you hear somebody calling your name and you think you're in heaven? I heard, Amanda. Amanda. Yes, Lord. Wasn't Jesus. It was my boss. So I told my boss, look. I'm caught up. Just going to send me home. Because there ain't nothing for me to do. I didn't lie to that man. God kept giving me favor after favor after favor. Y'all, it got so good because my ways was pleasing God that God made my enemies like me. And by the time I left the place, see, anybody who leave a job in turmoil, God ain't in it. When you leave a place, you leave peace. Ain't that what he said? God allowed me to leave peace at that place, and they were giving me money. They were outside, y'all, like I was a president. We're going to miss you. They weren't doing it just to be doing it. What are we going to do now? We're going to miss you. We're going to miss you. What are we going to do? I said, do what you've been doing, because God had me ministering to them on breaks. God had me giving them the word on break. So when I left, it was peace in that place. So nobody could say not one ill word against me, not unless they were lying. Even the one that was the CEO, the CFO, couldn't say one negative word because everything that needed to be done was done. If you leave a place in turmoil, you did not leave God at that place. You left flesh. And that's what they're going to remember. They're going to remember your attitudes. They're going to remember what you said you weren't going to do and how you want. That is not God. You cannot say that's God. You do not leave a place in turmoil. So God took me out of that place. You know why? He said, I can trust you now. Because you did what you needed to do when you were in the lion's den. So I'm bringing you out for my people. So many people want to come out of a place, but you're still in there. Because you still ain't honoring God where you are. I'm going to close with this. My son, I remember, he wanted to drive trucks, but he wanted to be in a place where he could take care of his girls. And I remember he got this job, and he was making so much money on this job, and he was so excited, and he was a good truck driver. He already had left one place, and the place that he had left, and the reason why he left this place, I told him when he started working there, I said, I want you to remember this, son. You don't have friends on the job, you have associates. When you go in on that job, you do your job, you go home. That's what you do. So he would tell me how the boss would be in the office laughing at other drivers. I said, don't get caught up in that. I said, because if they're laughing at them, they're going to laugh at you one day. Do not get caught up in that. Well, mama, I said, "Uh uh-uh, stay clear of that. But he did get caught up in it a little. 
Next thing I know, my son was telling me, Mama, they're doing me wrong. They're doing this and they're doing that. I said, what else did you expect them to do, son? I said, look at how you laughed at the other ones. Now, what's happening to you? Anyway, he left that job, went to another job. I said, remember, you have associates, not friends. Doing well on this job, knew his job, knew how to drive a truck. He had previously drove a truck for about two years, so he knew his stuff. The person that was training him was jealous because he knew too much. So when they were in a bind, he would say, well, if you do this right here humbly, they didn't like that. You don't tell me. So the next thing I know, they're going to call my son in the office because the person had lied on him. And the person had told them a lie. And my son said, pull the camera. They had cameras in the truck. Just pull the camera. What happened was they was going to take this person off of that truck, give this person an 18-wheeler, leave my son on this other cement truck. The person didn't want the 18-wheeler. They didn't want to be moved up. So they lied on my son to stay where they were. So he said, pull the camera. You will see for yourself. They wouldn't pull the camera. They said, we'll look into it. I remember the day my son called me. And when he called me, I could tell in his voice, he was so upset. He said, Mama, I've done nothing wrong. He said, I did my job. I did what I supposed to do. I did nothing wrong. He was so hurt. And I said, you know what? It's okay. Because what the enemy meant for your harm, baby, God's going to turn it around. And God's going to make it for your good, but it's going to be at his appointed time. I said, this is just something that's in the road trying to block you from where God is, is carrying you. I say, humble yourself. Well, mama, I got bills to pay. I say, every last one of your bills. As long as you humble yourself, those bills are going to be paid. You're not going to miss nothing. And see, my son is like this. Even when he's working, he's working. He'll get off work. He'll cut grass with his daddy. If he find out his daddy is somewhere cutting grass, if he worked 14 hours, mama, where's daddy? He's going to cut grass. I'm going to go help him. Or he'll call somebody to help him. That's just how he is. So I said, baby, God's going to give you what you need while you're out. And I'm not lying, y'all. He was giving him what he need. But then God gave me the song. He said, give him this song. I'm turning it around for you. I said, I want you to listen to that song every day. He listened to the song so much, his girls would come to my house singing it. I said, he's been listening. He's been listening. Because they'd say, turning it around for you. <laughs> I said, thank you, Jesus. I accept it. So he listened to the song, and as he listened to the song, I'm in prayer, and I said, God, you said you know the plan and the purpose that you have for my son's life. Plans for good and not evil, plans for him to have an accept, you know, end. So I would give God glory, and one day, I'm just praising God and giving him glory, and God said, speak this over your son. And as I begin to speak it over my son, Y'all, I could feel the spirit of God just moving. Next thing I know, my son called me. He said, Mama. He said, I put in an application at this place. And he said, the man that got the application was the man that's over the place. But he shouldn't have got my application. This man told him, he said, I was looking for somebody to hire. He said, all of a sudden, I don't do this. Your name popped up. And I want you over here with me. He hired him on the spot. What am I saying? 
When you know the truth, you're going to go through things because of the truth. Because see, if my kids go through, I'm going through. Any mother or father in this room, daddy, when your children go through, you go through. But I went through with truth. And as truth spoke to me, I spoke to him. I didn't try to just say something to make him feel good. I told him what God was saying. But I had to stand on the truth with him and begin to rejoice, even though it looked like a tarp mess. And guess what, y'all? This is the, the drum rolls, please. The same person that done my son wrong came to this church. I didn't know it. God had me to call the person up and minister to him. I did not know that was the person. Gave him the word and everything. My son said, Mama, did you know? That was the one that lied on me. I say, I didn't, but God did. But God knew what he was doing. See what I'm saying? Vengeance is mine. God said, I will repay. It's not for us to try to get vengeance on nobody. Some of us in this room right now is waiting for somebody to fall because they hurt you. You looking for that fall, but while you looking for that fall, you're going to fall. You don't supposed to look for people to fall. You're supposed to build them up, even though they hurt you. That's how you know truth, y'all. So how much truth do we really know? We're supposed to pray for everybody. The Bible tells us that. But we feel like they don't deserve prayer. Maybe you don't either, but Jesus died. So we have to begin to pray for one another. I pray that people's eyes are open. That they can see clearly. God showed me. He said there's a cloud over the churches. That cloud is witchcraft. When you have a cloud. You know how you wake up and you see. Um, what is it? Do whatever it is in front of you. Fog. And you, you can't even see ahead of you. He says over the churches. And he said. He used that same word with Jeremiah. He said people are ridiculing the churches. They're laughing at the churches. Because we're the ones that supposed to know truth. And we're living like we don't know truth. We're bowing down to everything we shouldn't be bowing down to. When COVID-19 came in, the first thing people say, don't move it together, don't move it. But what did God say? Talking about Psalms 91 and ducking and dodging over everything you can duck and dodge. And still quoting Psalms 21, Psalms 91, Psalms 91, Psalms 21. Psalms 91. Psalms 91. Psalms 91. Had my polar sister knees itching. I, I can pick on them like that. They don't get offended. When you know truth, you know truth so much that you are aware of your surroundings, but you don't let those surroundings be attached to you. See me, hear me, be attached to me. Apostle brought that out so well last Sunday. We allow COVID-19 to attach to us. We do. Because we bowing down to it. We making COVID-19 our God because that's all people talking about. That's all they're talking about. They ain't even talking about the flu. They talking about COVID. Have y'all heard about the flu? Seriously, have anybody heard about the flu? 
Jennifer said yesterday first. <laughs> All right, now you get ready to hear it again then. See, whatever they talk about, N-E-W-S, what did that say? What did that mean? Everything you hear ain't true. Now, some of it is, I can say it for myself. Sometimes people say they didn't say nothing, and it is because they play it back, and that's what they say. Now, I ain't going to lie, but hold up, hold up. Thank you, Holy Ghost. How many times have we said something we didn't say, and they play it back, and you shared it? That's why I had to get a tape recorder up in here for meetings. I didn't say that. Play the tape. <laughs> Who voice is that? Well, it sounds like me, but I don't know if that's even me. <laughs> you church folks do that. Yes, you do. People tell me, now that's nonsense. You shouldn't need no tape recorder in church. You shouldn't. But some people ain't come to know the truth yet. I, it'd be fine. I ain't say nothing. You know I ain't say nothing. I didn't say nothing. Didn't say not one thing. Play the tape. And then they'll get calm. Well, how much truth do you know? So you can just apologize and get set free. So how well do we know him, y'all? How well? Do we know him? And y'all, I'm going to tell you something. Every day I come to know him more and more. Sometimes you think you really know, know him. But when situations arise, you know him by how much you trust him. When he say, don't move, stand still, wait on me. When it seems like you can't even get out your bed, hello, somebody. When it seems like you can't even roll over. When it seems like everything is breaking loose and he said, Trust me. I got you. Even when you're stumbling, I got you. What did my word say? Then he began to remind you of his word. That's when you know you know him. because you. Do. And then when everything is over. Oh, Jesus. My Savior. My God. And the more you keep trusting him like that, you won't move so quick. But God wants you to give him a chance. Christians. He wants you to give him an opportunity. Did you know the majority of Christian folks is making other Christian folks look like they ain't saved through their lies and deceit? Because this church is open during COVID. We're the talk of the town. People waiting on a breakout so they can say, see what I told you? That's why you better know him. Know, know him. Because to be honest, if they checked every nose up in here, they'll come up with something. Boogle something. I woke y'all up. Are you awake now? They will come up with something before they could give the test. Some of us have to blow our nose several times. And just a nugget. I want y'all to know something. My daddy is a comedian. Y'all know that, don't you? He's a comedian. You got to love him. Just a nugget. This is what they're saying. If a person has a disease before COVID and they go to the hospital with that disease, 
and it's written about that disease. If they test them and it say COVID, they die with COVID, even though COVID didn't cause their death. And the reason why they died with COVID, they admitted it. We get paid more to say you had COVID. And this is the funny part. This comedian left with me. He's so funny. My daddy say, it's too many dead bodies that they're throwing in the back of the trucks. Not to say it ain't COVID. He said, you cannot be ignorant. And you can't. But guess what, y'all? Anything that brings money, people's going to use it. They're going to use it. They even found tests that were not right because the kits, the labs was off. They found all of this. But some things they do not want you to know because people are getting paid behind this COVID. They're getting paid. So they're going to put COVID as what killed you, even though that's not what killed you. Because they can get paid. They're paying them for this. As long as they say COVID and they see the test, people are being paid. Am I telling you to go out and be foolish? No, I didn't say that. I'm just saying you got to know what's behind what people are saying. Because if you don't, it's going to put fear in your house. And you're going to be looking for it. Whatever you look for is what you're going to end up with. If you're looking for COVID, you're going to end up with COVID. If you keep, every time you go out your house... Looking for COVID, you'll end up with COVID. Now, y'all, one day, I went in the store. My daughter was with me. She had me laughing about me. No, we was in a restaurant. Some people still don't go eat in restaurants. But anyway, we was in a restaurant. And when I'm around the bar and I hear somebody gagging, I ain't thinking about COVID. I'm thinking about, that nasty. <laughs> So what I did when I heard this person over there, I'm like, not because of COVID, but I call that nasty. That's just a normal reaction. My daughter said, mama, were you, were you thinking about, no, baby, I'm thinking about being nasty because my mind ain't set on COVID every time I go somewhere. God want us to live our lives, y'all. We can't be, think about this. You see this whole Rose family, right? Y'all family, y'all family, they go my family. Everybody in rows, we doing what CDC says. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Can you trust your family? <laughs> Can, you don't know where your family been? You don't know who they been with? Only thing you know is they my family. They won't hurt me. And as soon as they pop up, you'll be like, how could you do that? <laughs> We got certain people we trust and don't know where they go. Hello? But we trust them, right? Daddy said no. And you can't trust everybody because everybody, man will fool you. They will deceive you. They will sit right amongst you and know they've been tested. And sit right there and, and talk to you and spit all in your face, family. Sneeze on, excuse me. <laughs> then somebody say, I need to tell you something. Tell you like Yana told me, me, Ma, can I tell you something? Got something to tell you. And then you're like, what? <laughs> then you're going to know if you really know him. 
That's why we got no truth, y'all. That's all I'm saying. No truth better than you know anyone else. And you can get through whatever, whatever is around you. But we do follow what they tell us to do. Because we want to be obedient. Amen. But we should not stop doing what we do. Right? Daniel was in Babylon, but did he stop serving God? So God is saying we're in the world, but not other worlds. So we don't do what the world does. And I want to say this, y'all. And I have to say this with my whole heart. Everybody should vote. And I'm going to settle this issue. Everybody in here should vote. Black folks, you got the right to vote now. Before, you did not have the right to vote. But you vote according to Jesus and what you believe and what you know according to the word of God. And I'm saying we as the body of Christ should not have a divided house based on how people vote. Because if we have a divided house based on how people vote, then our house was already divided based on how people live. Because everybody in this room is not living a perfect life. Everybody is doing things still that they should not be doing. Right? But we love each other in spite of. And we're here to encourage one another, not throw somebody under the bus because their vote was different from yours or mine. We're supposed to love each other. We don't supposed to get mad when this one is talked about or that one is talked about. We're supposed to show love. We don't supposed to have all of this in the body of Christ. Jesus showed love. We, if we're going to um, do what he done, we're supposed to love each other. We don't supposed to get mad. Everybody have their way of thinking according to the way they are in the word of God. We don't put people down. We lift them up. According to the word of God. We don't make God's house a den of thieves. We don't do that. We don't use, I cannot use this pulpit to tell you, you do this or you do that. I preach truth and you make the choice. I preach what the words say and then it's up to you to make the choice. I don't make the choice for you. I don't have the right to choose for you. I preach Jesus Christ. And when I preach him, then I'm telling you, this is what the word is saying. And then you have to choose. Truth. I never tell you. I tell you what the words say. You still have to make the choice. If the words say don't commit adultery, I tell you what the words say. Then you have to make the choice whether or not you commit adultery, fornication, lies, steal, witchcraft, everything. I just tell you what the words say. And you go read it for yourself. And then you make the choice. God give you free will. And if I try to make you choose, I'm bringing witchcraft in this house. I'm controlling you. No church supposed to be under control of no pastor. The pastor tell you truth, you make the choice. But there are consequences when we have people in the midst of us fornicating, committing adultery, that's in leadership, and it's well known. We handle it according to God, the word. It's in here. That's when I make the choice. To do what God's word tell me to do with the ones that's out of line, that continually be out of line, then there's going to have to be a separation. See, everybody don't know what the word says, and that's why they're all up in my business. When you know what the word says, we teach what the word says. People don't even know about membership. They don't. 
Because people just, just don't fellowship or come to church and you ain't seen them in 20 years. And then when something happened to them, the family's wanting you to fry chicken. <laughs> Want you to fry chicken? Want you to do the eulogy? Want you to put them in the ground? And nobody was in the church. Wasn't participating in sharing that meant giving unto the church, but want a piece of chicken. That's in here too. Want you to bear them, want you to marry them, but never see them. But they expect you to do it. Still call you pastor, you've been here 20, 30, 40 years. That's my pastor. When somebody started talking about the goodness of Jesus and God take you higher, that's my pastor. Who are you? Y'all, that's why we teach this in Clem. Do we not, Clem? We go over all of this in Clem so that way y'all can give it to people through the word and people know what truth is and quit thinking otherwise. Because the law of the land say, if a person ain't here after six months or longer, they're out. Not unless they're participating in sending in them diets. People get mad when you talk about diet. Yes, they do. They get mad. But when you got a need, did you sow a seed? (laughs) You reap what you sow. But people say I'm wrong. You know you could have buried them. I don't even know what they look like when you tell me I should have buried them. <laughs> but we have teaching on all of that, y'all. It's proven in the word. I'm not saying nothing that the word has not said. So get to know the truth, and when you know the truth, you shall be set free. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Give him a hand clap of praise. <laughs> My husband and I, I'm sorry. Honey, do you want to thank them? I did it Sunday. You go ahead. See how he turned it back over to me? (laughs) My husband and I want to thank everyone that gave into our lives before or after the anniversary. We just thank God that you saw God in us to sow into us. So we give God glory for all of you for what you have done and for what you will continually do with the help of the Lord. We don't do anything outside of him. Amen. So thank you. 